for a moment, I just want you to picture the mountains of evidence that piled up over the last few months, showing the way Fox News broadcast lies about the results of the 2020 election. There are emails, texts, depositions. This evidence, it was gathered as part of a lawsuit filed by Dominion Voting Systems. You know, the one that settled earlier this week. Dominion was the frequent target of conservative rage in the wake of Joe Biden's presidential victory. In Discovery, Dominion showed that while guests on Fox claimed their voting machines had been rigged against Donald Trump, privately, hosts like Tucker Carlson claimed to hate Trump, even called him demonic. And the top boss, Rupert Murdoch, said claims of voter fraud were bullshit. All of which explains why, when this case went to trial, as briefly as it did this week, there were close to 50 lawyers in the courtroom. Slate's Justin Peters was there, too. He says he got the sense things were going south as soon as the jury walked into the room. The jury that was selected did not seem like one that would be demographically favorable to Fox News's case. It was very diverse, right? Very diverse. There were uh, five black men, two black women, three white women, one Latino woman, and one white guy. And I suppose somewhere in my subconscious, I'm like, well, you know, Fox definitely doesn't want to go to trial if they can help it, but they definitely don't want to see their case judged by these 12 people. Yeah. When you eventually did hear that there was a settlement, after a long delay and a lot of speculation, I heard there were audible gasps in the courtroom. Yeah, one of them came from me. Huh. Uh, I, I think I had to stifle an oh shit. Fox settled with Dominion for a cool $787.5 million. Within five minutes, after having waited for two and a half hours, the court was adjourned. Everyone was rushing downstairs to the press conference that Dominion was holding. And I heard a woman in the now empty hallway exclaim, thank you, Jesus. Um, and I feel like we all sort of shared that sentiment. Yeah, I think understanding the outcome of this case requires holding a couple of things in your head at the same time. Like first, the $787.5 million settlement is one of the largest settlements in a defamation case ever. But also, it's far less than Rupert Murdoch reportedly spent to divorce his second wife. Which I guess leads me to this question, like, how big of a deal is this, really? For the Murdochs and for Fox News, you don't ever want to call the $788 million settlement chump change, but it's far less than they might have paid had this case gone to trial. And it is a sum that the company will be able to basically chalk up to the cost of doing business. But do you think the rest of us kind of missed out on something by not being able to see this thing through? Oh, well, for sure. You know, like, the promise and potential of this trial was always the opportunity to force people who have made a career of evading outside scrutiny of their words and deeds and putting them in position 
to have to answer direct questions in public under oath from an attorney who is not going to give them the opportunity to be as evasive or blustery as they are accustomed to be on television. And now is that chance just gone? Yeah, it's gone. Goodbye. Not gonna happen again. Today on the show, Fox News has its day in court. Literally, one day. How plenty of people are claiming victory here. But no one really won. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In addition to this $787.5 million settlement, I'm wondering if you can just lay out what Dominion voting systems got out of this agreement they reached with Fox News. Like, what did they take away? I mean, I know that their lawyers said, you know, this is about transparency and, and cast it as a victory. Do you see it that way? No, that's not what it's about. That's just something that a lawyer says after having, you know, yeah, settled the biggest case of his life. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a measure of, you know, justice in this insofar as now you can put a price on spreading the most obvious possible lies on television. But And it's a pretty high price. Pretty high price. A lot of money. Yeah, that that would bankrupt a whole bunch of actual countries if they had to pay it. And yet, Fox doesn't have to publicly apologize to Dominion. They don't even have to issue a really strong statement saying, yep, we legitimately lied about this. The statement that they issued basically just says that they acknowledge the court's rulings finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. So Yeah, I don't see the word lie in there anywhere. No, don't see the word lie. Don't see anything of the network itself taking responsibility for the things that it broadcast. Uh, nothing like that is in there. I know you watch a lot of Fox News for Slate. Did you kind of have a fantasy of how an apology might go down? No, fantasies are for children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, fantasies are for people who don't have to you know, do the brutal work of actually watching that network. And I will tell you exactly how such a thing would have gone down on air. It would have happened, it would have been never mentioned again, and it would have been ascribed by the network's viewership to something that had been forced on Fox by the lying liberals uh, who had been persecuting the right for hundreds of years, Right. Literally nothing that would have come out during this case would have moved the needle for the people who take Fox's word as gospel. They are too far gone for anything to change their minds at this point. 
It's interesting because you're saying on one hand, like, it's a shame that Fox didn't have to do more here, make more of an apology. And on the other hand, if they apologized, probably wouldn't have changed anything. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have changed anything for the people who are already all the way down the foxhole. I think the people in play in a case like this are the increasingly slim number of people who have not yet made up their minds, right? Like people who might not be fully red-pilled by the network, people who maybe aren't paying that much attention to the news. There's more people out there than people who, you know, work in journalism for a living, you know, tend to think. And I suppose the hope would have been that someone's like Uncle Frank, who, you know, works hard and uh, likes to watch ESPN, sees this headline, thinks, oh, that's bad. (laughs) And is a little bit less likely to uh, trust what Fox says the next time he's flipping through the channels. That's the sort of change that it might have enacted. Here's something I didn't 100% get when I heard about the settlement. Like media companies, they typically want to settle well before damaging information about their internal workings gets released. But that's not how this went down. Fox News settled after we'd seen all sorts of pre-trial leakage. Like we all have seen Tucker Carlson's texts saying he hated Trump passionately and had called him a demonic force. All these things that cast a new light on who this crew over at Fox was and what their motivations were. So why settle now? Why not just like lean in? You know, I feel like no matter how bad the discovery had gotten for Fox at this point, there was always a risk that it might have even gotten worse. On Tuesday afternoon, in between the morning and afternoon court sessions, Judge Davis appointed a special master to investigate whether or not Fox had withheld evidence in the case. Mm. So the vise was tightening. Yeah, the vise was tightening, and the special master had latitude to pursue a lot of stuff. And there was a ex-Fox News producer, Abby Grossberg, who had come out and said, hey, I've got a ton more stuff, and it's pretty embarrassing. And now that special master goes away. No need for a special master in a case that has settled. So, you know, that might have factored into Fox's thinking as well. Like, let's contain the damage to what has already come out. Yeah. This lawsuit, the one that just settled, it's really just the first of many 2020 election-related lawsuits we're going to be hearing about in the coming months, right? Like, what other suits does Dominion Voting Systems have in the works? Uh, Dominion is still suing Newsmax. They're still suing uh, the One American News Network. They've got suits against a few individuals. And then Smartmatic Voting Systems, which also claims that it was defamed by, you know, Fox News, also has like a over $2 billion suit still pending in the state of New York against Fox. So like that company settled this one, but it still has a lot more uh, to worry about. And when you think of a company like Newsmax or One America News Network, they do not have 
the resources to withstand a 788 million uh, settlement. The Fox News Corp can pay that. Newsmax will just go away if it has to pay almost $800 million. And, you know, I, if I were working at one of those companies, I would be very worried right now. Hmm. Is there a chance that this lawsuit, the Smartmatic lawsuit, these cases could add up at Fox and and change the way they do business or, or really impact the company financially? Or is it so safe that it can just float? No. <sighs> Nothing's going to change the way that Fox does business. And I know I'm pretty uh, fatalistic about these things. And I'm always sitting around waiting to be proven wrong. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like the only thing that would change the way that Fox does business is if a magical genie switched brains uh, between like the Murdochs and like Dolly Parton or something, right? Like nothing uh, short of actual magic is going to change the way that Fox works because the way that Fox works is very successful and relatively profitable, profitable relative to every other cable network. They're going to keep on putting nuts on the air, just not maybe the absolute nuttiest nuts. Uh, They're going to keep walking right up to the line of uh, actionable defamation and maybe stopping themselves from crossing over. But there's a lot of damage that can still be done on the uh, cautious side of that line. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, When I was looking at the litigation ecosystem around the 2020 election, all the lawsuits that are still to come, I noticed something, which is that some of these smaller outlets, like One America News Network, they're not just being sued. They're also being dropped by cable providers like Verizon, DirecTV, dropped OAN this past summer and spring. I wonder if you think in the wake of this lawsuit, this big settlement, is there any chance that cable companies might decide not to carry Fox anymore? No, I would put the chance of that at absolute zero. Um, Cable companies aren't dropping OAN and Newsmax because they 
um, disapprove of their programming. Uh, they're dropping uh, OAN and Newsmax because fewer people than ever are subscribing to cable, and these companies are asking for um, higher carriage fees that you know cannot be justified by um, the prominence of their network and the increasingly dwindling number of cable subscribers. If streaming services didn't exist and everyone was still tied to cable or satellite television, none of these networks would have lost their providers. They'd still all be on the air. So this isn't, uh, let's de-platform loony right-wing networks that only exist to tell lies. (laughs) This is, uh, we, the cable companies, are making much less money now. Let's trim some of the least relevant uh, networks and channels from our, our lineup. But Fox News is a proven performer, it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, they're a proven performer. They're, Fox is a proven performer. Fox is consistently the most watched cable news network uh, in America. It's one of the most watched cable networks, period. It is one of the things that people still subscribe to cable to watch. Um, it would be uh, corporate malfeasance for a cable company to uh, dump Fox just because they feel like they cannot justify you know, giving channel space to a network that sucks as hard as Fox does. Justin says that far from showing remorse or trying a new tack, Fox seems to be doubling down on what's worked for them in the past. After the November elections, when some of Donald Trump's chosen candidates in Senate and gubernatorial races lost handily, there was speculation that leaders at Fox were beginning to sour on the former president. But Justin, he's not buying that. What happened after the midterms is that Trump was less prominent on the airwaves at Fox. That is true. That did happen. And there was a strong sense that the network was trying to get its viewers accustomed to a new standard bearer for the Republican Party. And a lot of attention was paid to Ron DeSantis, who is a sort of younger, less manic uh, culture warrior in the Trump vein who, you know, successfully got a lot of attention for making Florida very dangerous during the uh, height of the COVID crisis. But the polls have not shown that Republican voters love DeSantis as much as Fox might have wanted them to. Now, that could change. It's still only April 2023. Election's a long time away, you know? There's a lot of time for stuff to change. But... You know, I don't think that Fox is going to waste a ton of time backing uh, a losing horse if there is already another horse that is so far ahead that if they don't catch up to him, they're just going to be eating his dust. You know what happens is everyone sort of thinks that Fox leads and Republican voters follow. I think increasingly it's the other way around. Republicans go where they want to go. And Fox follows them there. Hmm. If Fox had to do it over again after this lawsuit, do you think the network would make different choices in the wake of the 2020 election? Yeah, 
I do. They have 787.5 million reasons to make at least a few different choices. I mean, I think they might have cracked down a little bit harder on Lou Dobbs and uh, Maria Bartiromo, who were two of the main you know, uh, offenders in terms of really repeatedly putting Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell on the air. That said, they still would have found a way to cover this story in a way that created doubt in the minds of their viewers about whether or not things had been on the up and up. They just would have done it a little bit more artfully, I guess. Like, there's no world in which Fox would not have ultimately come around to Trump's side in one way or another. (laughs) They go where the audience is going, and the audience wanted blood, and Fox hasn't been as successful as it's been without knowing when to give its viewers what they want. You know, something that's interesting about this case to me is that it revolves so much around this one company being wronged. And so if if Fox News had said some of the same things they did in the wake of the 2020 election, but just didn't name this one company, Dominion, and say they were at fault here, they were the ones who we should all be looking at more closely, does this lawsuit go away? And like, what does that mean about where the standards are right now for journalism and who enforces them? If Fox News had just been a little bit more careful about the packaging of these claims, even if they had used the word dominion on the air, it becomes a lot harder to make the case uh, for actual malice. I don't think that the real issue here was necessarily that you know, they put Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani on the air to make ludicrous claims about Dominion. Certainly didn't help, but you can put a third party on the air to say something loony as long as, you know, the journalist in the picture doesn't also say, wow, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. You're definitely right. Uh, right. That, that's a problem. And I do think it's important to note, it's a good thing that we have a very, you know, high libel standard in this country. It is not at all the case in most uh, countries of the world that you have to work so hard to actually prove defamation. And what's sort of ironic is that the right wants to be able to bully actual journalists and make it harder for actual journalism to happen. And, you know, the way that things have been going, I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, five or 10 years, we're all looking back at uh, Dominion v. Fox News as one of the glory days for freedom of the press in this country. Justin, I'm so grateful for your time and your reporting here. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Thanks for having me, Mary. Uh, It's always fun. Justin Peters is a Slate correspondent. He's also the author of The Idealist, Aaron Swartz and the Rise of Free Culture on the Internet. And that 
That is our show. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Rob Gunther, Elena Schwartz, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We are getting a ton of support these days from Laura Spencer. We're led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. You can go track me down on Twitter, say hello. I'm at Mary's desk. I'm handing off the reins to Lizzie O'Leary and the What Next TBD crew. I will be back in this feed Monday. Catch you then. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.